welcome you back to another episode of Real Talk with Philip and Lena Mitchell. Um, before we dive into this episode's content, we just want to take a moment to thank all of you who uh, listened to our first podcast, the tremendous response that we have received, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who tuned into our very first podcast, so we don't want to take that for granted. So on behalf of yes. uh, my beautiful co-host, Ms. Lena Mitchell, we want to just pause to say thank you. Yes, um, thank you, to everybody. every single one of you who listened to this podcast, who reviewed it, who rated it. Um, that means a lot to us, and we want to ask that you will continue to do that. And so as you tune into these podcasts every month, um, again, we drop a new podcast on the first Monday of every month. We want to just ask if you would help us by rating this show, uh, by reviewing it, and by sharing it on social media and sharing it with family members and friends. And so um, we just want to say thank you um, to everyone who had um, uh, who had a, a hand in just making our first podcast a huge success. Um, we want to say thank you to... Um, just our audio engineer, um, our son Malachi, yeah, our little fourteen-year-old genius, um, and we want to say thank you to all of you who are supporting this podcast. It means a lot to us. Um, Lena, you want to thank the people, or want to say anything to our yeah, um, yeah, thank you, everybody who's listened and tuned in. Um, I, I think for me, I was a little surprised at how many of you guys actually listened. Uh, I know, you know, my husband and I are. We're out here trying to just be salt and light. And the fact that somebody really wants to listen to what we have to say, I, I guess to me, I, it shouldn't be surprising because, you know, this is what God has called us to do. But I guess to actually see it manifest like for real is like, wow, Lord. So thank you, guys. We really appreciate you. Yeah, we really do. Again, the response was was it was tremendous. I, I think we both was kind of shocked. Um uh, we didn't uh, just we we didn't foresee that so many people would tune into the first podcast. So again, just thank you for everybody who's listening. Um, we really appreciate that. And again, we we drop a fresh podcast on the first Monday of every month. And want to just ask if you would help us by rating it, reviewing it, and sharing it um, with family members and friends. Sharing it on social media that would really be a blessing to us. And we just want to say, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not a believer. You you may not share our views when it comes to faith we still believe that you can get a lot out of this podcast even if you're not a believer um again you know we on this podcast we're going to be talking a lot about marriage and about um, family and parenting and you know dating and culture and faith and uh, everything else in between and whether you are a believer or non-believer we believe that this podcast can be um, a blessing to all of you. So, um, Lynn and I really made uh, a decision uh, for this particular podcast to kind of delay um, what we were originally planning to talk about um, because of a more pressing issue that is happening right now in our country at the time of this recording. And so, uh, last night, Lynn and I was on a flight uh, back from uh, Philly, um, the Philly, New Jersey area. And returning back to Atlanta, and uh, as we were landing, we saw that the news were breaking about a horrific tragedy, um, a mass shooting that had taken place in uh, Texas, in El Paso, Texas. And um, 
as the plane was landing, uh, the news was breaking about the story, and uh, we just began to kind of lean into what was was taking place. Um, for those who may be unaware of what's happening right now, um, according to uh, all news outlets around the country, and a gunman uh, went into a Walmart in the city of El Paso, Texas, which is a predominantly um, Hispanic community and uh, open fire in a busy Walmart. And um, according to news reports at this point, um, 20, uh, we believe 20 individuals were tragically killed um, in that incident. Um, <clears throat> a community right now is grieving uh, the loss of those 20 individuals. And we understand that um, dozens of others were also injured in the result and some are even in critical condition. Uh, it is a very strong possibility that the death toll could rise um, as the days go on, as people right now are in the hospital fighting for their lives and families are stressed trying to make sense of what has taken place. Um, this is an unspeakable horror um, on many levels. And, uh, and right now a community is devastated. And so um, as we, as we were landing, that story was breaking and then um, this morning, um, our country rose uh, this morning to the tragic story of another mass shooting that happened um, in Dayton, Ohio, in which we believe um, nine people last time I checked were um, killed um, in that tragedy and many others were also injured and taken to the hospital. Um, at the time of this recording right now, 29 individuals have tragically lost their lives. Um, and we um, are just deeply saddened um, by this incident. Um, these are men and women who were just going about their day. Um, I know others was uh, out at night enjoying themselves on the town. And um, it really just brings a lot into view. Uh, we, we leave our house um, with plans, not knowing what that day holds for us. And 29 people left their homes and did not return. Um, in the issue of El Paso, Texas, it's a week before school. People were in Walmart shopping uh, for the return of school, and and um, and, uh, and and that community is devastated. And now the Dayton, Ohio community is completely devastated by these shootings. And so, as a result of that, uh, Lena and I wanted to just kind of delay what we had planned to talk about on this particular podcast to take a few minutes to kind of lean into these uh, tragedies to give a response to an American tragedy and how we feel about it and to kind of speak to some of the um, narratives uh, that are happening right now, both um, political narratives, spiritual narratives. We, we want to kind of speak to those things because we feel like um, in this moment that is more pressing and definitely on this podcast we want to talk about things that are affecting our culture. So um, before I share how I feel, uh, Lena, I just want to ask you, um, as you and I have been kind of talking about this, coming off that flight and what we saw um, this morning as our nation woke up to a second tragedy, um, what is your response in terms of just your feelings, your immediate feelings about um, what you saw um, happening in Texas and in Ohio? I think it's terrible. I think it's horrific. I think that that as a country, we should be ashamed of ourselves that 
these kind of things are going on. I know that this, you know, we are born in sin and sin happens, but stuff like this absolutely makes no sense at all. And as a first, well, if you guys don't know, my mom is Filipino, my dad is African American, so I'm kind of a first generation American, half gener half first generation American. Um, I think it's terrible. I think that anybody who's here, whether they come here illegally or come here, you know, going through the proper channels, I think they deserve respect. And we shouldn't be afraid to go to a store, a mall, a movie theater or whatever, just because of the color of our skin or where we were born. I think it's ridiculous. And I think something or should be done or someone needs to speak out about it. Yeah. And um, Lena's kind of leaning really far into something that I want to get to in a few minutes. And she's talking about um, the color of our skin, our ethnicities, political affiliations, whatever the case may be. And uh, for those who may be unaware, we do believe that the media has put out a story uh, saying that the shooter um, in the uh, Texas incident in El Paso, Texas, it is alleged that the shooter could be possibly a white nationalist, white supremacist. Um, these are the narratives that right now that are playing out in the media and that um, he may have been motivated um, to target this particular community that is predominantly Hispanic. And right now, um, it is not my opinion or Lini's opinion, but according to news outlets around the country, this thing is being treated as a hate crime um, against a particular ethnicity. And so that's really what Lena's leaning into for those who may be unaware that right now the Texas shooting is being treated as a hate crime. We still don't know yet all the details in the Ohio shooting, but it is it is terrible and it is it is tragic. And for me as a pastor, um, I was really taken aback on many levels. Um, I shed tears and wept um, as I thought about uh, this tragedy that's unfolding right now in our nation, um, my wife and I, we have four beautiful children, you know, and uh, I was just thinking through my mind, uh, what would our life had been like had my wife been one of those people in Walmart and was gunned down by a shooter? Or if I was the person in Walmart shopping and gunned down by a shooter, if one of my children was in that Walmart and gunned down by a shooter, for as much as some people may not think 29 deaths um, is significant. Um, I think 29 deaths is extremely significant. Um, that is 29 families that have just been rocked by an unspeakable tragedy. That is 29 families now that have to pick up the pieces from um, confusion. That is 29 families, uh, maybe families of worship um, communities that lives have been permanently altered as a result of these tragedies. And it calls some things to mind that I, I want to kind of lean into. And that is, you know, the fact that these uh, individuals, these men and women whose lives were cut short, um, obviously did not plan for that uh, to happen. Um, uh, there is a scripture in God's word that says that tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And and, and I thought about that these 29 individuals who had plans for that night, that day, the next day, um, they're no longer here. Their lives were cut short um, by um, this terrible tragedy, by evil. 
and um, they, in a sense, were kind of hurled into um, eternity. And um, before we get to kind of the spiritual response to what happened, I, I want to take some time to just kind of talk through the political response and then want to give you what I think is a right social and spiritual response to these these tragedies. I, I shed tears over the fact that uh, 29 people lost their lives. Uh, my heart was deeply broken and grieved um, as I thought about that. Um, as an American, as uh, a human being, as a father, as a pastor of a church, my heart is deeply devastated over the loss um, of these lives, um, regardless of what they believed in, regardless of what their faith was, their political affiliation, their ethnicity. Um, there were 29 innocent individuals who did not foresee um, that those last moments would um, would would be their their terminal moments. And uh, when I think about the loss of life, for me, it just reminds me of. Um, just the fragility of life, um, how hard it is to create and how easily and senselessly um, we take it. And I, I just fell down on my knees and I just wept as I prayed for the two communities that involved, the families that involved. I prayed that um, they would find God, that God would comfort them in the middle of these tragedies. I prayed that um at the various services that are going to be upcoming, that the gospel would be preached. I pray that um, families would turn um, to the Lord for strength. I pray that people would rally around these families and these communities would rally around these families. Uh, and so my heart was just deeply broken and I shed tears over that. And, um, and I also shed tears when, when I thought about um, just the state of the church, you know, at the core of um, evil, um, at the core of evil, according to what Lena and I believe and according to what the scriptures teach, at the core of evil is just, as Lena alluded to, is just the sinful nature of um, human beings. And um, it is my absolute conviction that at the core of God's remedy for that is the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message that there is a transformation that can happen in a human heart as a result of faith in Jesus Christ and the regeneration of one's spirit through the power of, of God. And, um, and so when we, when we see this evil, um, uh, my, my heart is, is deeply broken. And when I think about all of the ramifications and, um, I want to, I want to take a second to just, I want to take a second to just talk to, um, Lena and I to have a conversation really quick, just about the political response, um, to this, this tragedy. Um, I know right now there are conversations being had about gun control and gun control laws. And obviously there is a lot of ideological differences around gun control and gun control laws in this country on both sides of the political aisles and in our public discourse. Um, Lena and I are gun owners. Um, I'm not going to sit here and act like we are anti-guns. We are not. We, we are legal gun owners. Um, uh, we do not um, feel that there should be a striking of the Second Amendment with our right to bear arms. But Lena, I want to ask you, what do you think about um, our current um, gun laws? I mean, right now, I mean, people can walk into Walmart and buy guns. They can walk into trade shows and buy guns. Um, but we see that at least in the Texas shooting right now, this gentleman used 
um, a military style assault weapon um, in the shooting. And I know there's a lot of debate about whether or not we as Americans should have access to those type of guns. And um, and Lena, what's your thoughts about that, um, about the, the type of weapon that was used in this mass shooting? And, and, and tell me, how do you think, or what do you feel about um, our ownership of these type of military style assault weapons? What, what's your feelings about that? Well, I believe that, um, according to the Second Amendment, that we should, if that's what, you know, was established, that we have the right to have guns and protect ourselves. But I do believe that having these kind of military machine guns and all of this stuff, I think that's ridiculous. I think there's no need for it because if you have it, like, what do you really need a military gun to do like mm-hmm. seriously are you yeah. where are you going to use that if you're keeping it in your house like what is the purpose of even having something like that yeah. that's not just for protection you trying to if you're using that you're trying to kill Absolutely, like, yeah. and not just kill one person that might be trying to break into your house you're trying to like do something crazy absolutely yeah. so um i think that having base and i don't know a lot about guns guys so basic guns or shotguns, I think that is okay. But I think having, like I said before, these military kind of assault rifles or whatever, I think it's ridiculous. I think nobody should have that stuff. We use it in the military. Why do we need it as citizens? Yeah, and I think that's, that is one of the big debates right now is that what is really our purpose as Americans for owning military-style assault weapons? Obviously, everyone is going to have opinions about this. I mean, as... As citizens of America, we have the right to bear arms. Um, a lot of us are sportsmen. People hunt. Um, you know, people hunt for game. People hunt for sport, for food. Um, and obviously, we, I said, Lena and I are gun owners. We we support the Second Amendment. We believe people have a right to bear arms according to the Second Amendment. The issue about military-style assault weapons, the fact that we could buy these things at gun shows or how people have access to them is a huge debate. Um, we would love for some of you to even share with us. You know, you can go to philipandlena.com and share with us an email about your thoughts about what you think about whether or not Americans should have military-style assault weapons. Obviously, these are weapons for mass destruction. They are weapons for mass killing. Um, I don't think you pull out an AR-57 to just defend your front lawn. And, and, you know, and obviously people have different opinions than what we have. We're, we're not saying that our opinion is the right one, but we are sharing our thoughts about it. Um, that there is a lot of debate about whether or not we should own these type of weapons, these type of weapons of mass killing and mass destruction. I'm not inclined to feel like it's, it's necessary for us to own those type of military style assault weapons, but obviously we respect other people's views and other people's opinions. We would love to hear yours um we we're not we don't want to be dogmatic in our views that's why we would love for you to send us an email again philip and you can send us an email and let us know your thoughts about whether or not americans should own military style assault weapons and we would we would definitely love to read some of your responses on our next episode at beginning of our next talk we would love to read some of your responses uh to our entire community and so um that is a battle, whether or not we should have that. And I know that there is also a battle right now um, just in Washington about uh, common sense gun control laws, um, whether or not there should be increased laws for identification, increased laws for closing gun loopholes at gun shows, and whether or not 
we should have access to military-style assault weapons. I do know that there are other civilized nations that have banned such weapons and have stricter gun control laws than us and do not see the level of mass shootings that we see here in the United States. And I think a smart political issue, and Lena, you could you know tell me what you think about this. I think a smart political issue in this incident, um, I, I guess I'm asking myself, is how many incidents like this have to happen in our nation? before people on the Democratic side of the aisle, the Republican side of the aisle, the Independent side of the aisle, before members of Congress and our nation's elected officials uh, put aside their political and ideological differences uh, for the common good of life and for the common good of people and families to say, you know, at what point at time or how many people have to die before we come together as not just Democrats or Republicans, but as people, as human beings who care about life to say, um, where can we find a common ground on uh, taking a stricter stand on uh, gun control? Where can we find a common ground to create preventative measures to kind of slow down the rate of these mass killings? Obviously, we cannot control what individuals do. There are many people out there who are dealing with mental health issues and people who are dealing with emotional issues and people who are dealing with spiritual issues. And so we know that we can't stop everyone from doing these things, but is there something we can do legally to kind of put preventative measures in place to kind of slow these things down? And I think that's where we need to try to find some common ground um, as a nation and as a Congress I think that's the kind of conversations we should have. And this is why voting is important. This is why our elections are important. And this is why exercising our right to vote is critically important. And um, and why we need to hold our elected officials accountable, um, whether them or organizations like the NRA. How do we feel about the NRA and their influence in, in Washington and in government and in these kind of um these kind of situations, um, I don't, I'm not going to debate that right here on this forum, but I think these are conversations we need to start having. Um, and for some of us, we, we put this off because our families are not close to the tragedy. But if that was your family member who had lost their life, how would you feel about gun control? How would you feel about this type of legislation or lack thereof? And, uh, and so I think that's something we need to talk about um, as a nation and as a people. We need to talk about that. And I think at, at some point in time, and Lena, you, you tell me what you think, that we have to stop fighting over what's red and what's blue. And we have to come together as a political body um, to, to find some common ground to help prevent these kind of things from happening. What's your thoughts about that? Well, um, I, I'm not... You guys, let me just tell you something a little about myself. I'm not as into politics as my husband is, and I think you guys can tell that he's very passionate about this. But I do know, I you know, I don't know much about the red, the green, the Republicans, Democrats, but what I do know is what's happening is wrong. I think that we've had enough mass shootings yeah. during my lifetime for yeah. something to change. Yeah. So what that looks like in context in terms of the, parties coming together, unifying, put away differences to come together for the common good of the United States of America. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that process would be, but I know something should change. Definitely. Something needs to change. Yes. And um, so I think that's my that's my political response that I think we need to set aside our differences to 
um, come together to find some common ground to see what, if anything, we can do as a Congress and a legislation um, to put preventative measures, measures in place um, as a social response. And Lena and I want to just lean into this. How should we respond to this socially? Should we respond with hate? Should we respond with anger? Should we retaliate with violence? Should members of the Hispanic community rise up and attack members of the white community? Um, Lena and I want to say, we want to speak to what we feel like we should do socially, that we feel like the right response um, should definitely not be evil. We don't want to retaliate evil for evil. We feel like a right social response is not to hurl insults at other ethnic communities. But the right social response right now, just in the face of this tragedy, um, I think for those who are people of faith is to pray and um, pray for our nation's leaders, which we're commanded to do that in Romans chapter 13. Pray for our nation and pray for those who are hurting as a result of, of this and for those who have the power to take action to take action. But I feel like the right response right now should be unity. It should be um, one of prayer and it should be one of trying to support the families who have been devastated, but definitely not one of the retaliation of evil for evil. What, Lena, what's your thoughts about that? Yeah, I agree with you that we should not want to retaliate and do evil for evil. That's not going to make the situation any better. Yeah. Um, like you said, prayer, I think that's vitally important. Also, I think um, as a community that we should be reaching out to those families that have been affected that's and good. seeing what that's we can good. do to support them. Yeah, that's real Because good. it makes no sense to just pray and not act. Mm, that's real good. And I think that oftentimes in the church, we'll pray, but then we don't act. We have to put action behind mm. our prayers, even if that's just reaching out and giving some groceries or reaching out and being a support system because these That's people good. are hurting. And some of those local, um, and some probably some of those churches that are in that community should be offering to bury these loved ones with no cost to the, mm. to the people, mm. to the, the, the families that have been That's affected. Good. And I know that might be a hit on their budget, but those are some of the things that we can do to support them and let them know we're here for you and we have your back. Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, I think it's, if if this if, if those who maybe listen to the podcast may be members in these communities, we should pray for churches in these very communities and houses of worship um, to step up and help these families, whether it's financial support, social support, grief counseling, spiritual support, wherever the people of God could, uh, as Lena rightly said, um, show action in addition to prayers. I think we should definitely step in with action. We need political action. We need um, social action. We need spiritual action. And um, we want to encourage people who are close to these um, communities and families to please show as much support as you can um, through your, your prayers. But we don't just need thoughts and prayers. We need thoughts, prayers, and actions. And for those who use the line thoughts and prayers, let's, let's really pray for these communities um, that have been affected by this terrible tragedy as things start to unfold in the days and weeks to come. Um, obviously, as my wife said, I am very passionate about this. I was headed to law school before God called me to the ministry, and I'm not so sure. I, I would love right now if I had a blank check to be a pastor, but also be somewhere involved in political life. Because I feel like, as my wife rightly said, we need more voices to speak out. We need leadership at this time in our nation's history. We need bold political leadership, bold spiritual leadership. And I think our nation is suffering from a deficit 
of leadership, of men and women with character and with integrity and with enough testicular fortitude to speak out against evil and to to take action um, for the good of our nation as a whole. And I feel like in this hour, we definitely need leadership. So, Lena, any final thoughts uh, about this before we close out um, this particular episode of, of Real Talk? And I'll give my final thoughts and we will we'll get out of here. Well, I think that, um, again, this is a tragedy. I wish that we didn't have to do a podcast on this because it just makes absolutely no sense to me. And just to touch on something you mentioned about um, that people deal with emotional issues, mental issues and such. Even if you're dealing with mental issues, that does that would not for me be a good excuse to do something like this. Any kind of emotional issue you're going through, this is that's not a good enough excuse. I think that sometimes people use those things as a cop out to say, oh, well, I'm dealing with this. Oh, I have a right to do that makes no sense to me. Yeah. And um, I think mental illness is real. Um, Oh, absolutely. I I know it's real. It's real. I did an entire teaching on mental on mental issues. Um, You can find that on my website, philipanthonymitchell.com or victorychurchatl.com. And uh, there's a series I did called What the Health when I did uh, teaching on mental health, emotional health and physical health. And that's available for you online. It's also available on YouTube. And so as Lena was rightly saying, mental illness is real. Emotional illness is real. Mental troubles and emotional issues are real. Um, But uh, obviously it doesn't give another human being a right to uh, end the lives of people in this manner. Um, My final thoughts are uh, this is an unspeakable horror of epic proportions. It is tragic. It is devastating. And I think this is another sad day and sad hour in American history. Um, We have to, and I believe we can do better as a people, whether our political leanings, our ideological leanings, our spiritual leanings, um, death in this form is tragic. And I think it is a blight on our nation. And, um, We would love to hear from those of you in our community how you feel about this tragedy that's unfolding right now in our nation. Then please go to philipandlena.com, send us an email, hit the button called share, send us an email. You can um, let us know your thoughts and let us know how you feel about it. Um, If this thing continues on, we'll definitely maybe do a part two um, about this. But we did want to just come in and speak to what's happening right now in our culture. This is what's dominating our American headlines. Um, Lena and I are deeply broken. We're saddened. um, And we are prayerful. And we want to invite members of the faith-based community, believers um, all around the country, all around the world. um, Let's lift up our voices in prayer uh, for the families that have been devastated by this terrible tragedy. Sometimes the best fighting we will ever do or the battles we fight on our knees. We have a moral and biblical responsibility as believers, according to Romans 13, to not only pray for these families, but to pray for our elected leaders, our political officials, our president, despite how you feel about him. Um, A lot can be said about his rhetoric and a lot can be said about his tweets and a lot could be debated about um, whether or not his rhetoric has created an atmosphere 
that is uh, giving uh, fuel to these type of hate crimes. I, I do not believe that Donald Trump would want people to die in this manner. I, I don't believe that about him as a human being. But I do believe as the leader of our nation, uh, his words have influence and his words create culture. Um, and that um, there must be some onus and some responsibility on behalf of our nation's highest elected official and all of our elected officials and faith-based leaders about our words and our rhetoric and how to create atmospheres either for good or for evil. And I think that is a conversation we should have in our public discourse. And so um, just some final words. Let's those of us of the faith-based community pray uh, for those who have been affected. Let's, as Lena rightly said, take action when we can. And let's love the people around us closer. As the scripture says, tomorrow is not promised to anyone. Um, let's think about loving each other. Uh, let's live for when we leave. Let's think about the impact we're having on the people around us and what our legacy is going to be. If your life was cut short by some tragedy, um, what would the people around you say? What would your family say? Um, are you in a financial position to leave them? Are you in a spiritual position to leave this life? Are you prepared to meet your maker? Um, I think these are questions you should wrestle down to the ground. Are you prepared for eternity? Are you prepared to leave your family? How are you treating the people around you? Tomorrow is not promised to you. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of today. Make the most of the family that you have. Life is too short to be bitter and angry and hateful. Um, this world is dark enough as it is. Let's those of us who are members of the faith-based community do all we can to be lights, to be witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be agents of love and the spread of the gospel, which ultimately I believe is our only hope for the depraved condition of human beings. These kind of issues will never be fixed solely with politics. They must be fixed with the spread of the gospel of the message of Jesus Christ. And there we have the greatest hope possible. There is no greater hope outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our firm conviction. If you believe otherwise, we do not hate you for that. And uh, we want to thank all of you for listening to Real Talk with Philip and Lena Mitchell. Again, we drop a new podcast on the first Monday of every month. We invite those of you who are part of our community to rate this podcast, to review it, and to share it on social media with others. Until we speak to you again, we want to say thank you for your support. Um, thank you for listening. Um, we love all of you. And we'll see you next month on the next episode of Real Talk. All right, guys. See you guys later.